the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live Hour 2. Good to be with you every day from 3 to 5. And I hope that you are having a wonderful beginning of your week. Maybe it's spring break for some of you out there. My uh, my son, my kids are on spring break this week. And uh, my son, I mentioned that he was in uh, on a, a history tour with his class. And they got to go back east and they got to do a lot of great things. I'm, I'm jealous. I would have liked to go. Uh, he's... I asked him last night, I picked him up at the airport late last night, which by the way, LAX on a Sunday night, you know, it's it's terrible. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I pick him up. I finally get in the airport. I pick him up and uh, and I said, what was your least favorite place? He said, New York City. I said, why New York City? He goes, why would anyone live somewhere where everybody wants to rob you? He's 13 years old. And I guess they had, you know, they had all kinds of rules about you know, what to do with your wallet and other stuff, which they didn't have in uh, some of the other cities. And I said, well, we're in L.A. We're going to be close. Anyway, you know, we're living in a in a strange world and the news is very, very strange. And as much as I would uh, prefer really to ignore it, I can't. The idea that a former president might get arrested tomorrow or indicted or nobody knows, I think, what for sure is happening. There's a lot of politics. There's a whole lot of stuff uh, going on. And whenever it is about Donald Trump, you sort of just have to wait and see because it never seems to turn out the way people think it's going to turn out. Um, but what is going on, I thought I would explain it to you. And I, I think there's an important thing here. Uh, there are many important things here for us as Americans, but also as as Christians and once again, it is to try to keep the the truth in front of us. And it's hard when we don't have a truth or when we're going to just see something from different perspectives. Um, but one of the things that you're seeing on from a lot of people, on, I would say the liberals and conservatives, is a lot of questioning about whether or not this case in New York should be going forward against the former president. Because of all the things he's accused of, from a legal standpoint – um, this is a very, very uh, unwinnable case, a lot of people think, or it's something that is so minor relative to anything else that uh, people think this is just political. Now, I, I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have you listen to a couple of different reporters explain what's going on. I think that'll be the best way to catch you up to what the thing is. But at the at the core of this is an accusation against Donald Trump that he paid money. Uh, to cover up his affair with a a porn star, okay, and that he paid money through uh, Michael Cohen, his advocate at the time, um, to give to her to cover it up, um, and the way that money was designated for probably business purposes, I think is what it was, was as legal legal fees or or something related to that, and that's not exactly what it was. So I'm going to let you hear kind of this, but I also want to put something else out there. When it comes to Donald Trump, there are people listening who 
kind of on both sides of it think, and I've heard from you, so I know that, that you're out there, who think that anything Donald Trump does is wrong. That if Donald Trump says two plus two is four, you're going to argue that it's actually, it must be five. That it must be five, because if Donald Trump says it, it must be not true. And that goes really way too far, and that's why you get your hopes up all the time every time he's accused of something that turns out not to happen or not to be accurate. Um, there is this movement that is that for many people, it's called Trump derangement syndrome. Some people call it that, TDS, where nothing he does is correct. And I think that has affected, we talked last hour about some of the politics about the COVID virus and things. I think it affects that, the way that a lot of things are communicated. It's that we can't have Trump be right about anything. Um, but there's also TDS on the right. Uh, where Trump is not wrong about anything ever. So if Trump says two plus two is five, you're going to say, I guess it's five. And I know that some of you are out there because I get the letters. I got letters one time saying that Trump, like literally Trump can do no wrong. Like people actually wrote that down. Like, you know what? I'm pretty sure he can do things that are wrong. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he needs a savior like the rest of us. I'm pretty sure that if you asked uh, people in his family, people close to him, that he does things that are wrong, just like that would be true for any of the rest of us. Um, but a lot of people are kind of just in between and kind of want to measure it. What is the what's the most important thing here for with this potential case? You know, and what I was going to say too about this is that the case is very technical about um, how you record for business purposes expenses that might be used for personal cover-ups. Okay, um, for Christians, something here that is important is because of the the sexual nature of this story. And a place where when it comes not just to Donald Trump, but I think in, in the political area, sometimes we get uh, accused rightly of being partisan is you got to ask yourself this question. If you would defend Donald Trump for something, would you also defend, say, Barack Obama for the same thing? If the way or vice versa, if you are angry with Donald Trump and accusing him of being a bad person, let's say that this 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 thing is true, which it might be true, um, that he paid off this um, porn star to to uh, hide the, this relationship. Let's say, for example, that's true. One of the areas when this came out, what, six years ago, is that was six years ago, how many years ago? It's a few years ago now, um, is that there were some people, even in the evangelical community, who really soft-pedaled it. And some would say it's not true. Trump's still denying it. Okay, you can have that opinion. But there were some who who probably thought, well, I think he did it, and who soft-pedaled it. And I thought, you know, and I think a lot of people think this, that if this were Barack Obama accused of this, you would have lost your mind. I remember when Bill Clinton was the president. Remember that? And uh, he got in trouble with his intern. Um, there were people who wanted his resignation. Some people thought he was going to resign. Remember Sam Donaldson? He was the ABC News guy. He used to always yell questions at presidents going all the way back to, I think, Jimmy Carter. You'd always hear him in the background if you watch an old tape. He sounds like this. Ronald Reagan would always you know, like put his hand up to his ear, and if he didn't want to answer the question, he would pretend he couldn't hear him. If he did want to answer the question, he'd walk right over and answer it. It was kind of funny. And they had a good relationship that way. Sam Donaldson, like him or hate him, he was, I think, a pretty good journalist, or he tried to be in a lot of cases. You know, he said that Bill Clinton was going to resign in a week because of the affair, there were lots of questions about character and personal character. Does it matter? I think it's it's a question that we really should ask. And But for this context, 
I think it's important for the sake of our testimony that we're consistent, not just with issues like this that are tawdry, but across the board. We got to be consistent with what our expectations are for our political leaders, whether they're on our side or not. And that goes both ways. You know, if you were around in the Clinton thing and you were giving him all these excuses and saying it's only sex, are you on that same page with Donald Trump here? Or if you were saying that Bill Clinton's a man of terrible character um, for doing this to his his wife um, and he should resign, are you on the same page with Donald Trump? See, there's, there's a consistency that matters not just for your own head but for the way other people judge how you make decisions. And as you have conversations, if it's true that the former president will get arrested tomorrow, which I don't know if that's true, um, if that's true, um, make sure in your conversations that you are with people, that you're aware of consistency things. You do not have to, if you believe that he did this thing, you do not have to support that, even if you're planning to vote for him later. You can say, oh, he's the lesser of two evils, or my choice, you know, before was uh, Donald Trump or Crooked Hillary. And, uh, you know, that's the I think that people understand nuance and they understand why people can make decisions. But they also recognize um, hypocrisy and they see it on all kinds of different issues. Okay, all of that being said. This is something that is going to, and I'm telling you that because I want you, a Christian program. I, I understand that there are tensions out there within the church, within Christians, within Christians and the culture over how we express ourselves about things politically. I think that you can do that reasonably if you are informed and if you're consistent. I think you can do that. I think that that is necessary. Uh, for us to do. All right, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. Let's get into it. This is Dan Abrams from News Nation, and he is going to uh, share some of what this case is about. The law that Trump allegedly violated is a misdemeanor. Yes, potentially charging the former president for an incident that occurred almost seven years ago, and it's minor stuff falsifying business records by claiming that the $130,000 payoff to Daniels for keeping quiet about their affair was actually for legal expenses. Now- Apparently that's a misdemeanor. Uh, I didn't know that. You know, to me, you know, faking your business records seems serious to me, but it's a misdemeanor as a matter of law. And, you know, of the things that you're going to go after a person for, how many other people, regular people, it's often said, you know, oh, well, if this was a regular person, they'd come after me. Actually, I don't think so on this case. You might hear from it from uh, the IRS. There might be something done if you get caught with that, but you can find a way to correct it. There might be a fine. The DA might try to elevate the crime to a felony by claiming the intent to defraud included an intent to commit or conceal a second crime. And that one being a violation of New York state election law. They would argue that the payoff was done to protect his campaign and effectively became an improper donation. All right, so you see what's happening here. Now, we'll get into some of the the rest of it, but this is an old case. This is something that former DAs, uh, the former DA decided not to prosecute, and the current DA in New York City, or New York, uh, uh, Alvin Braggs, Briggs, he said he previously wasn't going to prosecute it, and now suddenly he is. Putting aside how long ago this happened, putting aside the fact that the Manhattan DA's office under a different DA examined this case in 2018, and decided not to move forward with it. Putting aside the fact that this new DA, Alvin Bragg, was in office for over a year 
before he seemed to suddenly become interested in this old case. Put all that aside. It also could be a really hard legal case. This effort at making it a felony would be a novel legal theory, and proving that the payment was made for the purposes of protecting the campaign as opposed to, say, protecting him from his wife Melania finding out would be difficult. Other prosecutors have failed in similar efforts in campaign finance cases. And this was not even a New York state election. It was a federal election. So I'm not sure that law is even applicable. But furthermore, their star witness would have to be Michael Cohn, a convicted felon who pled guilty to eight crimes, including making false statements. So Dan Abrams here, who is, uh, most people think he would be on the left of things. He has been on liberal nation, uh, news, and News Nation is coming out of that side of things. You know, a lot of, there are people out there who are trying to sort of find the middle somehow, and people argue about where he's coming from. But he's not a Fox News guy. He's not a uh, right-wing uh, you know writer of any kind. He's not somebody who... You know, most people think is on the right. More people think maybe he's to the left of center, if not all the way left. But what he's pointing out is the questions around whether or not this prosecution ultimately is political. And if it's political in nature, it's not a good thing. All right. Alan Dershowitz, who is a Democrat, who occasionally has supported Trump, Donald Trump, because sometimes Donald Trump, often, in fact, Donald Trump has been falsely accused and he, Alan Dershowitz, has been maligned by people in his own party because he has taken the time to do that. And if you don't think he's been falsely accused, you ever read what the Mueller report actually decided about the uh, Russia thing? What the report actually said? The, re- the report was in two, in, uh, in two parts. One had to do with whether or not Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with Russia to uh, affect the 2016 election. The second part was about obstruction of justice and whether or not Donald Trump or people associated with him were uh, obstructing the investigation into uh, the part of the first part. Okay, What the report said, this is the quote from the Mueller report. Donald Trump said the Trump campaign, or this is what it said. It said, quote, We did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple efforts from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. You know, in all of that, I still hear it from some people that uh, Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with Russia to throw the election. What the Mueller report said is, no, the Russians were definitely trying to influence people in that election But it said that they did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in those efforts. It explicitly said this isn't true, that the the document that was put out there, what was it, the Steele dossier and all that, none of that could be corroborated. It was all made up stuff. Now, the second part talked about obstruction of justice, and it made the point that, yeah, look, Trump people uh, had some obstruction of justice. Maybe that or perhaps they could have. Maybe you could have gone after that. But the decision was made, well, it's, you know, it's hard to go after somebody for obstruction of justice when the justice they were trying to obstruct was a false accusation. Uh, Even though you still shouldn't do it, even though it's still illegal, juries tend to find with the person who's being falsely accused in those cases when you put up a fuss, see. And so they didn't. But did you know that? I'm wondering if you knew that. Or if you still listen to, I still hear this uh, from some people on uh, MSNBC, that this is like a fact, oh, that he interfered with. No, it's not a fact. It didn't happen. Now, I'm not saying that Trump is like a 100% wonderful guy, you know, that he's not guilty of anything ever, but in this particular case. So that's 
you know, that's there and that's there with a whole lot of stuff that he's accused of things that turn out not to be true. And then now when you have a prosecution for something that might actually be true, but it's not really something that you would probably prosecute most people for, what does that mean if it is political? This is – anyway, Alan Dershowitz, uh, he was criticized by his own party for defending Donald Trump against false accusations. It seems like we should all defend Donald Trump or Joe Biden or anybody if they are falsely accused of something. This is Alan Dershowitz today. This is the worst example in my 60 years of practicing criminal law, of targeting somebody for prosecution and then rummaging through the books, giving people immunity and trying to concoct a crime that doesn't exist. And if this is allowed to succeed, none of our liberties is safe. You know, today it's a Republican who's a target. Tomorrow it's a Democrat. And the day after tomorrow, it's your Uncle Charlie or your nephew or your niece. Mm -hmm. Uh, There'd be no limits on what prosecutors can do to their political enemies. and They're going to do it to people who are running against them for DA next. And uh, it's just such a violation. Not only a violation of American law and civil liberties, it's actually a violation of the Bible. The Bible instructs judges two things. Don't take bribes. That's obvious. But the number one thing is don't recognize faces. Now, I always think it's interesting when somebody throws the Bible down, especially when they're not a Christian. And uh, to my knowledge, Alan Dershowitz is not uh, Jewish, though, so he would use the Bible, uh, Old Testament. He's referring to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, that says, Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. And when he talks about uh, the idea of the face, when you when you really kind of get into the idea um, – And in some older translations, it literally says, you shall not lift up the faces of the poor and you shall not honor the faces of the great. And that's what they mean. Like if you are a judge and you are going to cast judgment, you cannot have favoritism for one reason or another, not rich or poor. And that happens all the time, by the way, that, you know, rich people in particular, they get better defense. Um, They often get a better – because they can afford better lawyers, and there are good and bad lawyers out there, and you know, the better – more money you have, the more likely you can hire a better lawyer. That is something that's true in any society and in anything in history. I remember one time uh, uh, Donald Trump was asked about whenever the vaccines were were coming out, and some people were getting in line um, and skipping the line. Uh, and this was happening in Canada. They had some kind of system where you drew a lottery or something. Well, there were people who were wealthy who were using their money to get ahead in line to get that vaccine. And the President Trump was asked about that. And do you think that's fair? Or do you think it's right? And he got this funny look on his face and he goes, well, that's kind of the way it always is, isn't it? Which I thought, you know, there's a there's a strange honesty about that answer. You know, what he should have said politically was, no, this is unfair. It's not just. And people, you know, he should have given that answer from a political standpoint. Right. But as a billionaire himself, as somebody who is a who likes being a rich guy, he gave this answer that I thought was incredibly true. Like, oh, that's the way it always is. <laughs> you know, Not the politically correct answer, but actually the true answer. Um, and that's an injustice. That is that is something that is wrong. Um, but it is always something that that has always been, and that's why a three thousand year old document like Leviticus is saying, "Judges, you should not do that because people do, uh, and it is wrong. Everybody should be judged fairly. That's something that we should do. Um, and you can't just judge somebody uh, who might be poor and give them the benefit of the doubt over something just because they're poor if they did something wrong. You can't do that on that side either, and that happens. 
You know, we make excuses for people for doing wrong things, evil things sometimes, and uh, that's bad justice. And that is something that ultimately Dershowitz is making the point here and that many other people are, is that we're walking into something that unless there's something else that we don't know about, unless there's some bit of evidence that that grand jury in New York is going to put out there that we don't already know, then are we seriously for political purposes going to indict a former president just to uh, just to see him, I don't know, get indicted? What's this going to do? See, maybe this is a question you can ask answer for me. Do you think this, politically speaking, I'm saying, whether you're for Trump or against Trump, does this help Trump or does it hurt Trump? Do you think that if he gets actually arrested and processed and let's say that they – Apparently, I read that you that a mugshot will be taken, but it's in New York. They don't share it. You can't go see it publicly. Like a lot of places, you can find mugshots publicly, uh, which has helped me, by the way, in ministry to people sometimes because I, I had somebody denying that they were had uh, been arrested for some crime, and uh, I actually Googled their mugshot and I brought it into the meeting. And after they denied uh, ever doing it or ever even getting arrested, I just printed out their mugshot. I said, "Well, how'd they get this picture of you?" And he's like, "Oh." Um, so there will be a picture, uh, which will probably get leaked, honestly. Do you think this helps Donald Trump or does this hurt Donald Trump? 858-888-888-528-2557, This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. We weigh in on that because, I mean, this had been an almost dormant case. I mean, Cy Vance, a previous DA, didn't really move forward with it. And even Alvin Bragg didn't move forward with it until recently. So a couple things. One, it's an the facts are old. They're six or seven years old. And the star witness here in the form of Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney, has credibility issues, has been convicted of crimes. And so, you know, to your point, Abby, as far as the strength of a case, it's certainly not the kind of slam dunk that many people would wish that it were. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. I don't know if you got a political opinion. It's an interesting conversation, and it's such a weird conversation to have. If Donald Trump is arrested in New York or indicted on these charges, that most people – that was Abby Phillip from CNN. She's a uh, political correspondent for CNN. And most people, even on the left, are uh, – oh, I shouldn't say the left, but I should say liberals. Liberal news media is – questioning whether or not this is much of a strong case. I don't know. I think some of it might be that one of the questions is, does this help him or not? Like, I think most politicians, if they got indicted for something, that's the end of their campaign. But not for Donald Trump. It might help him. What do you think? Does that make any sense? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I don't know how to get into the mind of, you know, anybody else, obviously. And there's there's a whole lot of behind the scenes with these kinds of things. Sometimes there's things we don't know. You know, the things that come out in the in the public, once things actually go to trial, sometimes you learn things that you didn't know before and it makes you change your mind about a person's guilt or innocence or about the, you know, the relative fairness of a charge uh, or a crime. Uh, it certainly has a political impact, though, because Donald Trump is running for president. There are some people who say the reason he's running for president is because 
it might thwart off or change the impact of some of these indictments. And, you know, for sure, the political nature of it is raises a lot of questions because we do not want to be a country where a current administration would try to imprison their opponent. You know, remember uh, all of the chants uh, against Hillary, lock her up, lock her up. I think there was a lot of fun people had with that, you know, during the Trump rallies. Um, but the the problem is, is that she never got tried for that. There's two problems. Number one is she should have, I think there should have been some investigation, not to the missing emails. That's always what gets said. The investigation should have been, why does the Secretary of State have her own server in her bathroom at her house? That's the crime. That, you know, that whole thing with the, the Hillary Clinton deal, it's not the missing emails. It's not even that she used her personal email address. Those things are not allowed and go against policy. And there were lots of Republicans. Remember, Jeb Bush got in trouble for that, and so did. There are a whole bunch of people who had to come out and admit they were using their Gmail account or using some other account for government um, policies. But the issue with the, the Hillary Clinton situation is not the missing emails. It's that she went out and got a computer server to handle emails completely outside of the Pentagon secure system. That's what should have been investigated. At any rate... It wasn't investigated. And, you know, the whole locker up thing, I'm sure it was fun, but it's not really something you want to hear. And I know some of you probably were on that. And I get it. It's funny and it was fun. And Donald Trump's just a character where things you you couldn't do that probably for anybody else. I can't think of any other presidential candidate, at least in the 20th or 21st century, where that would be tolerated. But there's something different. I don't know what it is. It's just there's it's just some weird thing. All right. Um, But. Uh, obviously, there is some political response. Let me get your calls, and then I'll give you something that um, uh, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis, who is a Trump opponent, had to say about it today. Let's go to Lynn in Long Beach. Lynn, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Thank you so much. Hi, Lynn. All I, hi. All I have to say is that if he – whatever the charges are and whatever he's being accused of, if he is indicted – I think everyone needs to just be calm and let it play out in the courts and let him either be found guilty or let him be acquitted. Yeah. And if by chance, if he is found guilty, it'll be a felony charge. And if he does remain in the campaign, hopefully it'll bring about a conversation of the millions of people in this country who do have felony records. And if this guy can go on to potentially be president as a felon, what about Joe Schmo down the street who just wants to get a job at his neighborhood grocery store? And he has to put on his application, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And if you mark yes, you're probably not getting that job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's a very interesting question. You know, I think that it's implications like that that I I I think it's good for us to think about. Um, sure. And, and maybe, and I, I shouldn't say that. I know some employers uh, would you know, hire that person. And sometimes the felony is something stupid and sometimes it's very serious. You probably should know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's a very good question. What about felons who can't vote or can't own a gun? I think if you've paid your debt, I don't think you should be, it, it, it should not be a residual debt. Yeah. What about, it not be yeah. what if he gets all. convicted of the lower charge? Because the actual crime that he's being accused of, as far as we know, is a misdemeanor. It's not even a felony. And what they're trying to do, apparently, is attach a a new, completely separate law to try to say that it's federal campaign finance 
uh, violation um, by the claim is going to be that he paid this money in order to cover up this affair because it might have hurt his campaign. Now, he's going to be able to say, no, I did it because I didn't want my wife to know. (laughs) That would be a reasonable thing to say, I suppose. Um, It it would be reasonable, but no different than Joe Schmoe down the street saying something. Yeah, I think, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point, uh, Lynn. Thanks for calling Southern California Live uh, with that. What do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, people who are hired, who are felons, who have to put that down, um, but who have done their time? Like, what happens if Donald Trump is convicted and most likely what I'm hearing the experts, so-called experts, usually self-appointed experts, what do they say is that he's probably not even going to jail. Like, even if he gets convicted of this, he'll pay a fine and he'll be done. Should we then just be done with it? Let's say it's a felony, but he pays some fine and that's the end of it. And how do we feel about that with people who apply for our jobs? I have not had people work for me who marked that box on their – well, I should say this different. I have had people apply for church jobs when I was pastor who were felons, and you know, it kind of depends on what they, <laughs> what they did. But it's a, it's a tough thing you know, when you're hiring people. I've had people where, just to be honest with you, I've Googled them when they've been looking for a job. And I've heard different advice about whether or not that's uh, legal or not, but I think it gets done. And people make judgments. I one time had five potential youth directors I was going to hire, five. And I Googled all five, and I ended up on their social media, and then I had zero potential youth directors I was going to hire because they put on their social media you know, stuff that I don't want. You know, it's one thing if you used to go to parties and stuff. It's another thing if you got drunk at some party last night and you posted that on your social media. Um, and, you know, you clearly should not be youth director or working at a church. You need to – and certainly not with kids, you know, what kind of mentor you're going to be. Um, I think that's an interesting an interesting question, and it's one that people will have to, to grapple with, with a president who is potentially – now we're just talking theoretical. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel like these things tend to – fall out on, uh, you know, over time, uh, usually Donald Trump is gets the better better end of these things. We'll have to wait and see, I think, on this. 888-528-2557. Rudy in Brea, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon, Scott. Hi. Hi, Rudy. Hey, um, I probably couldn't l- dislike the man more, but I voted for him as opposed to uh, Biden in the last election. Hmm. Um He's probably he's like I mean you talk about characters like you probably couldn't find a a worse candidate but you know it's I still voted for him I'm kind of progressive when it comes to you know social views but um uh, it's I think Trump would have been better than the disaster that's happening currently mm. yeah a lot of people and, uh, you know there's a lot of uh, you know better of two evils kind of voting that we've been dealing with for a while a lot of people would say that. Right, and uh, I don't like it when people just kind of become cheerleaders for these politicians, like they can do no wrong. And either way, you know, because yeah. Trump was had this uh, this policy at the border that everyone on the before Biden got elected, everyone was calling him out for being a racist and for being this and that, and so inhumane. And then Biden goes ahead and uses the same policy, and it's just. 
it's just not, there's you don't hear nothing from these liberals or vice versa when you know the yeah um, there's there's a lot of hypocrisy America. that we see and that's kind of where i think one of the things when we're dealing with anybody donald trump or biden or, or anybody is you have to ask if you're frustrated with that person or supporting them or not supporting them would you feel the same if they were in the other party you know are you being consistent when it comes to character right, issues right. or or issues of policy or things I think that matters. It it matters right. a lot. Uh, Rudy, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. You're uh, 888-528-2557. Here's the other thing, too, that I think as I'm watching this play out, in the background of the issue with whether or not Donald Trump is going to be indicted and the mostly political uh, comments that people make and, and the questioning about whether this is politically motivated, it's a serious question. It's a serious thing for a country to be deciding. In the background of all this news is um, the Chinese president and the Russian president uh, getting together and talking about uh, working together in Ukraine. We already know that the Chinese have already now supplied their Russians with weapons in Ukraine. And we are raising the stakes of our conversation about potential conflict with China as a country. What happens if... uh, Putin's war goes on and on forever and it doesn't really stop in Ukraine or what happens if it goes over the border or there are there are some very grave things happening the economic situation I don't know if all the shoes have fallen on that I hope so you know I hope it does but you know there's a part of this that feels a lot like 2008 there's some things I think that are different we'll have to wait and see you know that didn't just happen in one day in one bank it happened over time there are serious things that we face, very, very serious things that it doesn't mean that you ignore justice or the justice system, but it should mean that you knock it off with the politics uh, related to those things. I got to take a break. When we come back, I will play you uh, Governor DeSantis's comments on all of this, which I found pretty interesting from a political perspective. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Southern California Live, Pastor Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. So I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this, the, the Manhattan District Attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the the, the crime rate go up, and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda. 
and weaponizing the office. And That's Governor DeSantis of Florida, who probably is running for president himself against Donald Trump and uh, other Republicans who have uh, put their hat in the ring for the office, discussing what the case may might be actually about in New York. You might have heard George Soros's name. George Soros is a billionaire who gives money to a lot of uh, very far left causes. And in the last 10 years, he's given millions of dollars to help elect some far left uh, district attorneys, including the district attorney who now is in New York, Chicago, our own Los Angeles, George Gascon. And uh, was in San Francisco, but they threw that guy out, uh, San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, elsewhere. Um, and the Gascon candidate lost in San Diego, but uh, there is a tent, there is an attempt everywhere. And, uh, you know, there's obviously lots of other people. It's convenient, you know, to always have, you know, one person. Remember, the Democrats used to use the Koch brothers and the Republicans used George Soros. It's very convenient, you know, to label one person. It's just hard to – you can't really label everybody. So that's why. And I think he's probably the biggest giver, and he certainly has a agenda. He's not quiet about that agenda. The idea that this case is political, though, is interesting. I don't know what's really going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if some people are saying Donald Trump claimed he's getting arrested, but he doesn't really know that. Um, I don't know what we know. Uh, Looks like that's probably the case. And if so, if it's just political, I think this helps Donald Trump, oddly enough. Uh, What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. Let's go to Harry in Pasadena. Harry, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Scott? Thanks for having me. Hi, Harry. I... uh... I think the last two comments, I think you and uh, you nailed it. And I think uh, Ron DeSantos hit it right on the head also is this is completely a smear to uh, smear uh, Donald Trump. hundred uh, percent going back this long uh, after we've been down this road with him, you know, with all these allegations and stuff and they couldn't get anywhere with it. Now bringing it right back right before they start their massive campaign for next year's, uh, you know, presidential election is 100 percent smear for him. But I think it's going to contradict them. It's going to actually hurt them once they can't prove their point. So I really feel that this is going to help Donald Trump in his campaign to show show the public that these guys were politically after me. And the reason they're politically after him, you know, we all know what's right or wrong. I voted Democrat. I'm an immigrant. Same thing. But um, Donald Trump, you know, he doesn't know how to really, I feel, express himself, but he really did well for the people. If you look at his policies and all the things he did, he really meant well for America. He didn't know how to express it, but he's done what a lot of other presidents have not done. If you just look at one example, we never went to war. That's one of the things he is running on is, uh, of course, he he promises he's going to be the only one to keep us out of World War III. Uh, I hope we're out of World War III. I, I hope he's not the only one who can do that. <laughs> no, but I think he's the kind of man that could pick up the phone and call the other side and say, hey, you know, he's a businessman. What's going on? Let's sit down and let's talk. Let's cut a deal. What do you need? I think for, for better or worse, do? he does do things his him? own way. And I know that there are some people that that's the reason they don't like him is he doesn't tow the, uh, the usual Washington line. Um, but, uh, you know, he's brought some of these things on himself. If these charges are true, you know, that's, that's, even if it's politically motivated, he opened the door. Yeah, but he's also not a politician. 
It's true. He's so he's well, that, he is now though. That, that's that, an interesting that. thing too. Is he is he now because he's been president four years? Is he now a political insider and politician? Maybe he is. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> that's I, a funny I, take, I, huh? I don't think I. <laughs> I, I it's a good question, but I don't think he's a politician. I still don't think he has that, and I think it's the whole political um, system and uh, versus him. I just think uh, this is going to be a smear. It's very obvious. I think what Ron DeSantis says, this is a Soros-funded. And I think if this flops and it doesn't go through, this is only going to help him and motivate his base. It might. I think a lot of people think that. Thank you for your call, Harry. Appreciate you calling Southern California Live. Maria in Woodland Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Maria. Go ahead. Oh, oh, hi. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate your show. I just want to say, I think it's definitely a, a political smear on Donald Trump. I don't think he's trying to get anything out of it. Um, his attorney was on last night on Fox News, and he he definitely said that it was a political smear, and he proved it, you know, through the law, because he wasn't even a, he wasn't even the president at the time that it happened. So I think you know Hillary and her gang are trying to you know, beef up some charges on him so he looks really bad. And I also think that DeSantos is right on right on when he's saying everything that he did. I think he would make an excellent president. I'm with him all the way. I think Trump's like one of those fighters in the in the wrestling ring. He's got a lot of thumps but not too much impact. Um he's you know, he's mm. got a mouth but <laughs> <laughs> you know, he should be fighting this off yeah. really well. And um I just think they're trying to spear him. All right, Maria. Thank you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, a lot is going to be said, and we're going to figure out, you know, what ultimately happens. Maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week, and I'm sure we'll have more conversation about it later this week. But you know, I think each time when we talk about stuff that's in the politics and stuff that's in the news, stuff that is, you know, seemingly bigger than us as individuals. There sure are a whole lot of lessons that we should have. You know, as I talked about at the top of the hour, it's important to be consistent. So, you know, this is a conversation that I think is going to be hard not to have with other people. What do you think about Donald Trump? Donald Trump drives conversation, like him or not. You know, when he tweets something out, people talk about it. Uh, You know, he he used to tell, you know, CNN that if I don't get reelected, you guys are going to go out of business. And he's almost right about that. Um, And uh, because... Whether you like him or not, he's going to drive that kind of uh, media attention. But that means he drives our conversations. And one of the issues there for Christians, evangelicals, is sometimes it seems to a lot of people that we're not consistent in how we handle our politics. And it goes both ways, by the way. Uh, You know, conservative Republican Christians or even uh, people who are uh, believers are Christians who are more on the left side where we're not consistent with our candidates. When we will support somebody for a character issue or a you know some kind of policy on one side, but when the other side's in office, we suddenly are against what we were before before. Or we look for every excuse for our side, but we would never look for that excuse for the other side. I think this matters a lot in our conversations. It certainly matters that we're truthful. I think that It's worth having opinions about this because we do not want to be a country that leverages the law against political candidates. And that's what Alan Dershowitz was saying in our clip earlier is that it's a dangerous thing if this is just purely political. And and there's a lot of people on the right and left who think so, who think that of all the things Donald Trump is accused of, this is the least 
um, important from a legal perspective. That in fact the the actual charge that he has that we know he's going to have is only a misdemeanor, and the felony that they're trying to attach him with. Most people, legal analysts that I've heard on both sides, don't think it's going to work. Um, so that's a significant thing. We do not want to be that country, and I think one of the ways that we avoid that is we really have to hold our leaders to account on both sides. I think character matters. You know, I think on on the one hand, I think it's possible that maybe the story isn't even true because with Trump, you just never know, right? Um, but on the other hand, I think it, you know, it kind of looks true. And if it's true, you know, part of the problem here is Donald Trump, he brought it upon himself. You know, don't have affairs in your marriage. Uh, don't do that. You know, if you are a and don't cover up things that you do that are wrong. You know, in your life, it's the cover-ups that get you in trouble, right? The stupid Watergate break-in wasn't really the problem. Nixon could have come out and said, yes, some of my people broke into the Watergate hotel and I have fired them all. That would have ended the whole Watergate thing. But instead, there was that 18 and a half minutes that magically got erased in the in those tapes, and that was the end of Nixon, right? Um, there are – it's the it is covering up for our sin – it is covering up for our evil that gets us in the most trouble. And the thing is with the Lord our God is you can't cover it up. He knows. That's why we're told to confess our sins and he is faithfully just to forgive us our sins. It's okay to do that. And it's okay to be honest with people in your life when you mess up. The cover-up, you know, it's a funny joke because sometimes the cover-up's not really worse than the crime, right? The crime is the really bad thing, but the cover-up always makes it worse. And it takes away a lot of the ability you might have for trust and in our society, um, whatever is happening here, there is a truth. There is something that's true. And maybe if this goes to court, the truth is going to come out one way or the other. And whichever side is being more political, whoever is covering things up, whoever is lying, whoever is manipulating the facts, it's going to hurt them. And by extension, I think it hurts all of us. So whatever the case is, whatever happens, let's be consistent. Let's encourage good behavior. Let's talk about grace and be a people of grace and truth in every way. Got to be done for today. I'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5 on Southern California Live. Pastor Scott Furrow with you. God bless. Have a great evening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.